Oh, it's been days. Are you sure we're gonna we're gonna be able to work out where this riddle's trying to lead us? I'm sure that it, the reference about the horse's head was to do with that pub over there. Oh yes, I'm. I, I'm sure we must be right, and not that horse-shaped rock over there that looks a bit like a horse's head. I think it was the pub. No, I. Well, I mean, there was the reference to drinking, and I think that's what connects the two. You know, leading the horse to water. Of course, that could mean the lake over there. Indeed, or it could mean the water that's landing in the horse rock shape's mouth as well. But here's the thing. I think we're on the right track, but we've got this last set of clues, and I'm just really not sure where it could be leading us. Um, The last set of clues is some people that you do not know will mm-hmm. tell you where you need to go. Along the road, there will be bends. It will not be straight, my friends. What's the last bit? Uh, the last bit. Now take a right. When you see that pheasant, the prize you find, it shall be pleasant. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I can see down there by the, the, the lake. The That could be leading horse to water. In fact, that could be two clues. It could be the, the horses that we are near, and then we take that down to the lake. And there's uh. a person there... Who seems to be listening to a podcast? Oh, oh, friend, what what are you listening to? Why, this be queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks, do some skits, do some voices, generally try and make each other have a bit of a giggle, and hopefully make you have a bit of a giggle while we have a bit of a giggle. That's us. Yeah, how are you this week? Uh, um... <laughs> I'm taking the pills, but like, it's, it's a trying week. It's been it's been a weird one, hasn't it? Yeah. But we yes, it's been all right. We went and had a nice trip at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, we we saw some friends. We did. Uh, we snuggled up warm. We, we had did. a good time. We did we had a lovely time? Yeah. yeah. So where should we start with this well, week? Well, since we've talked about the the friends we had <laughs> over and what we did, we might as well talk about something we've played. Also, it's where we always start this show. Exactly, but we might as well since we've already started <laughs> the the story about the fact we were playing. Should Should we talk about the things we played with them first? We then? shall. We uh, that was my thought there. <gasps> uh-huh. We should. Um, so we played Tiny Epic Zombies again. Uh, but this time we played it five players. Five players, and in um, uh, not cooperative. The other one, uh, competitive. competitive. That's the word. We got There's that. words in there. <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I got the chance to be a zombie and and sort of pit myself against you all. Uh, there were four of us not being zombies. Oh. Uh, two who had played before and two who were new to the game. Yeah. But I think everyone picked up pretty quickly on the like the logic of the game. Yeah, once you've had a couple of rounds it all starts to make like, sense. Both both of our new players very quickly were like jumping in with, "Oh, maybe we should do this. Oh, maybe we should do yeah, that." Everyone had strategies and that that's always is always good to see. And and I got a chance to DM, really. I could have aggressively gone for you and I think I could have won. Yeah, like we the the, the humans won, but I think that there was a certain degree of DM um pleasantry going on where you were like okay I could be mean but I'm gonna give you a fighting chance but keep you on your toes but yeah, fighting like, chance. I was still putting down my zombies and stuff and I, I was uh, still occasionally like deliberately overrunning you. It, 
Um, I didn't, you, you know, you were, you were taking damage, but no one was seriously close to death. You were con- consistently bringing our barricade down to, like, its last bit of health, yeah. but not tipping it over. So you were forced to, on top of everything else, try and keep getting supplies yeah. to top up the you, barricades. You were causing us more of a challenge than the AI zombies tend to do, Yeah, but not so much of a challenge that we felt like there was no way for us to win. No, and I, I think the... Um, the objectives we got, they were there were some new ones in there, and I think that they they oh. really worked really well, especially with the number of players. Because I could see there was one where we had or you had to uh, get three parts to a uh, cure. Yes, that was individual to each player. Now mm. I can see playing with less people how that might be, become more of an issue because you've got less board coverage. Yeah, uh, to try and sort of go through all those. For, for our team to work out roughly where all those letters from the cure were, mm. we, we got on top of that puzzle a lot quicker than we might have done. Yeah. Um. And again, the, the balance of this game, once again, we were down to like the last set of turns for each player yeah. when we won. Like The deck had run out, everyone was on their last turn, and we just about pulled it off. Just um, about. It's... That's the thing, like, maybe it's just luck, but this game has felt really well-paced in terms of... Oh, it's beautifully balanced. The objectives always take just about long enough that Mm. if you really get a move on, you can do it, but if you slow down for more than, like, a turn or two, you're not going to finish. No. Which is really nice. Yeah, I I think they've clearly playtested that a lot and well. Yeah. Um, I hear they were taking out cons and things, so it makes sense they've, you know, had a few people hands-on. but to be fair, I've not seen because I I, I kickstarted it, so I yeah. had, um, I I had a print and play copy about six months before it was released, mm. and there was a chance they they were talking about say, is it okay if we take this to cons? Yeah. Yes, go take it to cons. Yeah. Generate interest in your product. Um. So they took like some printed copies to cons, which I suppose could have been shipped to people. Yeah. But they took copies to cons. They they played with people. They got feedback, but I didn't see any upgrade in the the actual issued rules book that we'd had all that time before. Yeah. It it seems like they had a good thing early on, which Ooh. is nice. Um. But yeah, it it was interesting playing the because obviously all the objectives have a different twist to them if you play competitively which was really nice like we went from here is a set cure that you as a team are working to collect um and like the the competitive version of that was all four people have a different cure for themselves Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit each person for themselves well i think they intended it for it to be a bit each person for themselves i didn't get that impression because you weren't taking anything away by collecting the things we we would trying to help each like everyone had a different thing to work towards but we could help each other get our goals yeah you could sort of go hey if you head over here that's the next bit you need yeah, so it was it was really nice, um, and because of the way that's laid out, also there's twice as many chances of you getting the bit you need. Yeah, I also really like the way that that game plays when you've got five, well, four non-zombie players. Mm. In that it really it gives you twice as many like class-specific abilities to work with, mm-hmm. which like meant that they were pinging off a bit more often, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, it helped that um, that uh, one one of our guests had a chance to sort of be nipping back, and when they were healing themselves, able to heal someone else. Oh, that was super useful. Especially since I was, as I said, sort of overrunning you occasionally, which mm. means a zombie is appearing in your space, and you have to take damage for that. I, I think that that was a really good ability to have because it was reminding 
the new players like, oh, g- bother with the supply drops because they're also a heal for someone mm-hmm. in need. Yeah. And that was... I, I was really happy with how quickly everyone took to the thinking of the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, we all had different strategies, but it wasn't like we were arguing over what to do. It was, yeah. we have lots of viable options and we're talking it out. Yeah, and you were talking it out without anyone feeling like they were being... Yeah. Not allowed to play their own and character. No, no one felt like their idea was bad. Mm-hmm. And everyone was, like, f- very free to disagree with what the group was saying. It's like, yeah, yeah it, it was a really nice game. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. How yeah. How was it playing as the... Because th- you had some, some rules as the zombie had... that, like, you had abilities that increased when we made noise, was it? Um, yes. So... In the AI version, you add twice as many zombies when you make noise. In the human-controlled uh, mode, in the competitive, you find that the you only add two zombies on any turn, but you get mm-hmm. an extra ability. Um, you power up your, your zombies' sort of special moves. The, the options you have mm-hmm. as the zombie. And the, the zombie I took meant that I could always add my zombies to... Uh, blue spaces instead of the space they were on, which meant I had a very uh, sort of targeted way of just going, as long as I keep shoving zombies through these doors, they will keep attacking your barricade and will keep... There was was no element of randomness of the zombies might go somewhere beneficial to the player. It was, now I can just keep pushing towards the shop. Yep. I did, I wasn't I wasn't having to attack any of you individually, which I think at the end might have been a bit of my downfall. Possibly, I had the but... o- option though to just keep, uh, and especially later on, it made so much more sense because once I'd hit level five after you made that much noise, mm. and I suppose that could have gone off much quicker if I'd if the if it shuffled randomly, yeah, if the shop layouts had been different. But I got to just keep shoving these zombies in, and uh, you all had a lot of help at the end of the game. Uh, you say that, I think a couple of us were a bit low. I think... Yeah, but you still had two extra lives, essentially. Oh, I suppose, you yeah. two extra team lives that you... I never quite got down. I was so close. <laughs> you kept getting incredibly close. Mm. But that was the thing. You could You could have taken those, and you could have won, but... I I think as a group we had a really good time because you played this like a DM rather than yeah. like someone trying to win. Yeah, I think that was sort of more fun for it, really. Yeah. I mean, it might. The thing is, like, if zombies win in a competitive game, four people are disappointed with their yeah. performance. And you could say, well, it's unfair for the zombie player to always have to lose, but at the same time, it's it's quite fun to give them that challenge, but in a that's, pleasant way that's I, not going to just just disappoint everyone. I, I was really glad talking to you about your experience afterwards, because while we were playing, I, there was a little bit of me that was worried. Are you having a good time on the other team? I wasn't sure. I I liked if it, it because it helped, really helped with my sort of AD, ADD issues of like. I can't... Uh, I've forgotten what's going on by the time it's back to my turn. Yeah. I'm sort of paying attention to what other people are doing, but I've lost focus at some yeah. point. So all you had to worry about All was I had to worry you... about was you do a thing, I do a thing. Now you do a thing, and I do another thing. You do a thing now, and I do another thing. You do a thing, I do a thing. Because it kept coming back to me, I felt oh, much more engaged. That's, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I'm really... I'd really be up for us doing another five-player game with you Definitely. as a zombie again if you'd be up for that. Yeah, I, I would I would 
favour being a zombie playing that's, that game in, at any time in the future. That's good, because our group of four really enjoyed being the humans. I'm glad. I look forward to eating your brains at some point <laughs> in the future. Uh, shall we talk about the other thing yes, we played? We so the other thing we played with our friends on game night was um, we talked a little bit about Jackbox Party Pack 5 recently. Um, <laughs> we'd, we'd only had a chance to play uh, You Don't Know Jack and Zeepledome, uh one of which we enjoyed and one we did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and we finally got to try the other three games, which were Patently Stupid, Split the Room, and Mad vs. City. Where do we want to start? Split the Room, which I think was the first one we played. Split the Room was fun. It It took a bit of getting used to the mindset of. Um, the general idea is you will be given part of a hypothetical and you have to fill in a word to try and make this hypothetical something that you think people will be really torn on how to answer. Mm. So, um, what was it? There was there was that one that was like, um, you accidentally catch a disease and all of your laughing turns into blank. And I think I suggested ripply fart sounds. Yep. It'll be very loud. You can't stifle it. Will you still go see your favourite comedian? Yep. And it, it's trying to find things like that where it's like, bad enough that some people will go, oh, no, can't, can't, can't do that. But not so bad that people still go, oh, I could live with that. It might be quite funny. Yeah, it's trying to walk <laughs> that line. Yeah. I mean, the only problem I had with it was that one question where... I was thinking about it one way, and everybody else in the room was apparently thinking about something completely oh, different. Was this the one where, like, you have been mistaken for a serial killer, and you, they? it turns out they can't do blank, will you do that on live TV to prove you're innocent? Yeah. And, you and put... I took it as, like, what if you went on TV and because of the pressure, or because of your own lack of, you know, sort of only vague skill anyway, you couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I don't know how to drive, but like I, I was but the like, other person is physically incapable. Yeah, see, whereas if I had, if I had filled that blank in, I would have gone down the something that like would have been so gro- gross and vulgar that I wouldn't want family or friends to ever see me doing that. First episode um, of Black Mirror type stuff. <laughs> First episode of Black Mirror type stuff. That's the thing. That's where that's I was... where everybody else in that's the room it, went, but and like... they were all looking at me like, "What?" And I was like, "But driving, it's it's. I can't drive. Okay, you three can drive, <laughs> but I would be nervous and have difficulties." And I thought, like, I know, like, one of the people in that room is quite a nervous driver, and I thought maybe TV would be a thing there. I know, like, you've only driven, like, two-wheeled vehicles, really. I I can totally see where you were thinking, but we just... That one question, the room was not... No, everybody (laughs) else was like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't have sex with my grandmother on television. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't want everyone seeing that. It was a fun game, though, once we got the thinking of it. And also once we got into each other's sort of headspace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not not sure I have much else to say on that one. It, it was fun. It was fun. It was definitely, like, I enjoyed it. It felt like a Jackbox game mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, let's do Patently Stupid, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. We we didn't quite get it until the end, and then we sort of saw how it all came together. Once we saw the end of, like, the, the first 
round. We had yeah. a proper idea about what we'd be doing. Yeah. So the basic idea is that um, you have to come up with an invention to solve a problem. And then at the end, out loud, you have to like pitch it to the room and like convince the room that yours is a good solution to the the problem posed. Well, the stages are mask it research, so they will give you like a prompt and you have to fill it in. So it might be like, um, uh, for somebody who wants blank, I think it was for somebody who wants blank, and somebody added uh, like uh, not too much energy. Uh, or something like, um, help, my son won't stop showing me butt memes. Yes. Um, and you, like, fill Here in... Here's a problem. Yeah, so you create problems and then, like, vote on which problems are the most interesting ones to solve. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to draw and like... name and tagline your, like, inventions. Yep. And then you can either market it yourself or you can get the computer to just... Like show the picture, I, read the tagline, and then I, I think the fun we had though was pi- getting to pitch them was where the real fun in that was. That's where my stand-up routine came <laughs> into its own. It it was beautiful in that you've got on your phone like okay, tap this to put the tagline up, tap this to put the 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 um the headline, the tagline, the picture of the item, and you can sort it was of like, like it was preparing my PowerPoint for it me. It prepares your PowerPoint for you, and then at the end you press a button and clapping starts, <laughs> and it's like there we go. It was it was really fun to come mm. up with these really ludicrous um, ideas. Yeah, do you remember any of yours? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember one of mine. I remember uh, one of our friends did the um, my son won't stop sending me butt memes, and the solution was like a thing that you attach to your child. So every time they try and send you a butt meme, um, a picture of their butt gets posted on the internet, and it's like, yeah, there you go. No more. Put- you want, don't want to send me butt memes now. No butt memes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what my solutions to things were. The only one I remember was ice cream tentacles. Yes. Um, I I had a pun in mind, and that's all that my brain could think about. So I made tentacles out of ice cream. They sounded delicious, but I thought they'd be a bit cold for <clears throat> practical uses. Yes. I don't remember what my other other inventions were. Uh, I can't. Re- I can only remember one of mine, and that was beige I, bull. I remember. Oh yeah, I think it was for the same round as be- beige bull. It was. Nah, I can't remember now. It was a lot of fun, though. We yeah. we enjoyed that that game. It was, yeah. We'd definitely play again. Beige ball. It gives you just enough energy to. D- well, that was it. The, the question was um something about dad dancing. Was it? Give yeah. you ha- Do you have the energy to dad dance? So my product was beige ball. It gives you just enough energy and takes away just enough inhibitions <laughs> to let you dad dance. Ah. Uh. And the last one we played, which might be my favourite of the three, mm. was Madverse City. That I got really into that one. I would like to try that with the um, the timers turned up a little bit. Yeah. So there is an it. You got to write a lot of text for this one, and a couple of times we were we had people in the room who didn't get their second line finished in time, and and it was by seconds. Yeah. It's. I think it's worth putting the extended timers on for this one. Yeah. Uh, if we play it again, we're definitely going to do that. I suggested it in the room, and I think we probably could have done with it. Yeah. Um, but, but we didn't play many more games, so it wasn't so bad. Yeah, so basically the idea is it's rap battles, um, and you'll initially be given, like, give me a verb or an adjective or a place or a term of endearment. And the game will then give you the first line of a rap with that includes that word you gave, and you have to come up with the second line of the verse. You do that again. You you give them another keyword. They give you a sentence. You make your second sentence. 
And then robots basically do the Microsoft Sam thing of reading, of, of wrapping your wraps that you've given them. Yeah. And that, that was a really nice touch. Like, I don't think that would have worked if it was just text. But yeah, yeah. Hearing the robots sing your terrible rap battle lyrics was fantastic. I don't know, I came up with a really good one. I was stupidly proud of it. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> you're one that had uh, Marsha P. Jo- uh, Marsha, Marsha doing the yeet with the brick at <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. my prompt was something like uh, a famous person, brackets good, so yeah. I wrote Marsha P. Yeah. And it was um, something like, uh, your rhymes are, are so recycled, they call you Marsha P. Throw, and I, and it was something about throwing the first brick at Stonewall. But, but and... you ended the line with yeet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was it. You ended the line with, like, she throwing yeeted the, fir- the first throw, Throwing the first brick like yeet. Um... <laughs> That that's the one I remember was your really good LGBT <laughs> rap was amazing <laughs> because um, it had yeet in it. <laughs> uh, I, I the only one I remember was the one I did with our friend Colin where I felt really bad because it was the last thing we did of the night before he left and I like did this rap I did this rap battle lyric about how we should get out of the out of the game night and then he's like okay we got to go I was like oh no my rap did not make you leave. <laughs> I was yeah. I was a bottle threw, of wine. You threw so much shade. <laughs> I was a bottle of white left. wine deep, and I did maybe throw some shade. But I think I did like I think I threw the right level of shade for a good battle rap. Yeah, I I think that is the like, nature of the game. Harmless. I kept forgetting that we were actually given the prompt of who we were talking yeah, to. It, I I I was definitely going down the road of. Nothing and like not personal, but this is like ooh, pe- people would be like mic drop because it's like oh, I, yeah. I did a, I did a burn. And the of. first line always sort of sort of pushes you into that anyway. Yeah, it it definitely wants you to be throwing it's stick turns. It's it's a diss track. Um, that was one I really loved. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Would definitely play that again. It there's a certain type of person I think that that game appeals to, and I think both of us are like I want to create silly songs. Yeah. I'm I'm annoyed I didn't think to hit the share button and record your uh, your Marsha yeah. one. Next time I will have that ready for any particularly tasty raps we make. Nice. But yeah, now that I've played the rest of the party pack, mm. I think Jackbox Five is really good. Yeah, just ignore Zeeple Dome and you're all yeah. good. It's it's like I think it was Jackbox Four that had Bomb Core that I always ignored. Like occasionally there'll there'll usually be one game that's a bit weak on a Jackbox pack. This time it's Zeeple Dome. The other 80% of this game is pretty solid. Yeah, I like the, that version of You Don't Know Jack. It was fun like, playing that as well, with, with yeah. uh, a full compliment, because um, we got to um, uh, we got to see what screwing is like in that. Because yes. I was, I'm used to it just being, pick, like, from, from yeah. the originals, like, you hit screw and you pick somebody to screw. In this, it let me screw oh, yeah. all of you. It's, it's you are in last place. Everyone's going to get screwed when you choose. Yeah. And so I was... you will be reading the terms and conditions before you hit uh, I won't be reading them. I'll be scrolling past <laughs> them and blindly clicking accept. I, I would love to see what is in that terms and conditions. I'm sure <laughs> someone, like, if you go on YouTube, that video must exist. Yeah, someone's probably screen capped it by yeah. now. Uh, so yeah, that's Jackbox. Yeah. Uh, so, other things we've played this week, Ooh. both of us have been playing Pokemon Let's Go, to differing degrees. We have. Uh, you've picked this up since uh, since we last recorded. Yeah, I got it on launch. Do you want to talk about your thoughts and feelings? <laughs> it's, it's Pokemon. People like Pokemon. 
Uh, why don't you talk about your feelings, not anyone else's? Um, um, well, it's a new Pokemon game. I have only really played Pokemon Yellow. Uh, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, and I never finished it. I got up to the Elite Four, and then just went, I don't really care about this. That's fair. Um, I used I had briefly had Pokemon Silver, so something must have stuck in there and, <laughs> and made me go back to it. And then I accidentally lo- left my uh, Game Boy Advance on a train. So I just never finished that. And I've never been back to any of them since. I might, I think I might have actually owned Pokemon Stadium on N64 briefly. I think I booted it up once and went, no. <laughs> and sent it back to the shop and they were like, but this is extremely rare and you paid well over the odds. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Let somebody who actually wants it have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, it's Pokemon. Getting to stroke your Eevee is quite nice, but ultimately is just mass enslavement and dog fighting. It is a little bit. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I got as into it as I did early enough that like that doesn't really lodge in my brain, and I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> I mean, I know they're fictional, so yeah. I just that as an act doesn't really appeal to That's me. That's fair. Um, I'm glad other people are enjoying it. I really yeah. am. It's it's pretty. It was nice to hear the music that I was familiar with done in a sort of nice upbeat way. The graphics are very nice. Yeah. Uh, it's quite fun interacting with Eevee. Um, and I, I got to name all my Pokemon interesting things. <laughs> well, my, my main six. I, I did enjoy... Uh, my favourite was Alice D. Alice D was, is my baby Eevee. <laughs> and I like that she kept getting stronger. <laughs> uh, that's very, very strong Alice D you've got at this point. It is. I, I'm just sad she, I never got to teach her acid. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I had lots of fun. I had fun naming people. Uh, I called myself Poke Dom. Uh, and my rival was called Buttsmere. If it, yeah. to be fair, if if I'd known that he wasn't going to be quite as douchey as Blue was back in the day, I I may not have named him Buttsmere. But um, yeah, yeah. It here's the thing: it's you've not been like hating it or anything. It's just been like, eh. It's just not your thing. Um, there there was a point about ten hours in where I was literally just sitting there going. I just want this to end now so that I can write my review and Aww. stop playing it. It's it's a shame, but not we're never gonna like some games are just like not for everyone. Exactly. And yeah, you know, I still rated it eight out of ten. I can appreciate that it is well made, it works, it has all the things that people like about the mons. I mean, except the super, super serious ones, but you know, those are people you're never gonna please. Ever. They they have this perfect dream version in their head and that that just doesn't exist but yeah. you know that i appreciate that it is a, a good well game it didn't crash it didn't do any weirdness i don't particularly like the, i thought the controls were a bit of a problem so i did not point to for that but yeah it's an, uh, a game that i hope other people enjoy very much and and i hope that like you get hours and hours and hours of entertainment out because People put a lot of work into that. It deserves to be to be notified. Can I do the thing with your thing? Do oh uh, yeah, I've got a wireless charger from a uh, Pokeball. Do you wanna do you wanna pop it in? <laughs> I don't know how well that picked up on the audio, but basically <laughs> I have a wireless charger for my little Pokeball for Let's Go, and it makes the Pokemon Center do 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 do. 
sound when I put it on charge, and it's really cute, isn't it? It's so adorable. I love this. So here's the thing: I can justify having bought this for myself because, unlike Jane, I am really down the rabbit hole on this Pokemon game. Uh, the last few Pokemon entries, I have beaten the league. Done. If there's any post-game story stuff, I've tried to get a complete Pokedex for the new stuff for that gen if I can. And then I kind of tend to walk away. This is the first Pokemon game in a while where I've been like, oh no, oh no, I, I'm really into this. I want 151 shinies. Yeah. At so, all perfect stats. Yeah, so I finished the Elite Four, and then I decided I'm going to get... I'm going to get 151 shiny Pokemon, or 150 shiny Pokemon, or at least 147 if I don't go for the legendary birds. I'm going to try and get at least 147 shiny Pokemon. I'm going to train them all up to level 100. I'm going to get them perfect stats using the um, the Hyper Trainer that will slowly move their stats up to 100%. I will beat each Master Trainer in the game using a shiny form of their Pokemon rather than just a regular form. Um, I will then start looking at building a competitive team, which I've not even thought about yet, but that's down the road, is getting a competitive team together with the right natures and the right IV stats and the right movesets. I'm over a hundred hours into this game, and I could easily see myself putting another hundred in. Another couple of hundred, maybe. Because apparently this is the Pokemon game that is pushing all my obsessive collector buttons in the right way. See, I love how joyous you are. You look when you describe this I get game. all animated, don't I? You do, it's beautiful. I, I caught myself in the mirror, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm doing the thing where I'm like, I really like this! I, 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 yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm super glad you're loving it. It's the most I've loved a game in a while, because I... I like collecting things, and this is a set of things that, like, is very dear and dear to my heart, and I'm... Like, collecting the first 150 Pokémon, not a challenge at this point now, so I'm like, I'm gonna give myself a challenge that takes hundreds of hours, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna be the best trainer ever. You are playing the crap out of this game. Yeah, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm, I am currently, as we record... I'm up to 27 out of 147 shinies, the uh, species that I want shiny. Um, someone has already offered to, when this podcast recording ends, send me another one and send it in a trade. Aww. So I'll be up to uh, uh, 28 out of 147. <laughs> this feels weirdly doable. Like, I reckon it's maybe doable. Fair and pleasant friends, you can assist in the quest for the 146. <laughs> if you have shiny Pokemon in Let's Go and you're willing to trade... At the time of recording this, I've got a couple of shiny Eevees and a couple of shiny Squirtles that I can trade. I, I've got some 100% IV stuff I can trade. Hit me up if you've got shinies. Uh, there's a thread on my Twitter that's just like pictures of everything I have shiny. If it's not on that list, I would be interested. I'm going to be the very best. Like no one ever was. Yeah. Um, uh, is that is that all of your Poke thoughts? Probably. Um... <laughs> I'm just, I'm very much enjoying Pokemon. Mm. It, You've written a bunch of articles around it. I yeah. wrote one that apparently has been quite funny. So. Oh, you wrote a very amusingly written review. Go check out Jane's review on Stone Monkey Radio. Hi. Um, what else have you played? I think that's it for me. All of my time has been eaten up by Pokemon because it's Pokemon, isn't it? Aye. Have you played anything else? Uh, so the last thing I played this week is Toast Time. Mm-hmm, yes. So you remember we were talking about Zeepledome and how you sort of pull back and twang yourself yeah. across there? 
It's like that, but with toasters. And and using controllers so there's not that weird bit of lag. And also you're sort of pulling in the direction you're or pushing in the direction you want to go and then pressing a button to twang. Ah. And there's also an option to just sort of hit uh, a shoulder button and it'll sort of lock you in place. Which is yeah. handy. Um yeah, I'm I'm not very good at it. <laughs> it does it feel be- it does it, it feel better like people don't but good. Uh it feels uh, better con- to control than Zeeple Dome. <laughs> That's a good start. Uh, the 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 chip tune music is lovely. The the graphic style is is very. It almost reminds me of Minute. Um, oh, okay. And although the menus are in sort of standard sixteen by nine, it plays most of the levels in a sort of four by three or even slightly slimmer at sometimes. And you propel yourself around by firing toast out of yourself, and you are trying to shoot. These little moving things with eyes. I'm not quite sure what they're supposed to be. And uh, occasionally you get to shoot chests. And when you shoot the chests, you get to progress further and unlock more stuff. Like so far I've got a a French loaf, um, like a a split bit of toast. And then like I've just unlocked a baguette. (laughs) Uh, do you know if this is a multiplayer at all? Yeah, I think it is specifically designed for multiplayer. I've, I've only been playing the uh, sort of single player. I would love to try this. This sounds really fun. Come have a go with the toast people with me. <laughs> yeah. Remind me an evening when I'm around and we'll we'll do some toast game. Yeah, toast game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be interested to see more of that. I had a look at it and I'm not digging it really. Okay. Um... I didn't mind the first couple of levels, but then I got to one that was a limited number of shots. Okay, it became and a puzzle game. It, uh, is it, well, I think I think that's what they're doing for the single player, really. Yeah. Um, so you had to. Well, it wasn't wasn't so much a puzzle game, so more as a, like a, a a game of much more skill than I had. Okay. Um, it, the other thing that was a bit weird is it was asking you to shoot these things falling from the sky. Hmm. Uh, obviously, as you fire toast at them, you will bounce in different directions because it propels you in the opposite direction. Yeah. But So you've got to shoot a number of these things. You've only got 20 slices of bread to, to do it. Yeah. And um, like you're, you're flying all over the screen. And it's just not fun. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if it's any different multiplayer. Yeah. But like... I w- yeah, I wasn't wasn't digging, uh, wasn't digging that. The, the concept sounded interesting. Yeah, I and I think when you're just playing against each other, that will be much more yeah. fun than trying to do target press. The thing I was trying to mention that just slipped completely out of my brain was um, it's got a slight auto targeting on it. Okay. So if you're trying to like lead the falling oh, bit of bread, oh. it's snapping to it and you're missing. That's annoying when you've only got so many slices. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I can I can see that problem, huh? Mm. Yes. Okay. Uh, so is that everything you've played? It's all the things I've played with this week. <gasps> well then, time for this. <gasps> Are you obsessed with Pokemon to the point it's getting in the way of your other responsibilities? There are no other responsibilities. I must catch that shiny Caterpie. Now introducing Chorimon, where you collect completed household tasks to become the master housework trainer. Washing up, Sponge, I choose you! Oh, if you do it enough times in a row, maybe you'll get a shiny washing up, Sponge. 
It's evolved into shiny plate. <laughs> That's Choremon for people who need to gamify everything. Gotta clean it up, Choremon. Do you ever have this problem? I, I'm wrapped up warm. I want to hold hands with you, but that's going to be like, ah, uh, the, there's going to be air getting into the, the, the outfits. Exactly. I mean, we could wear this sort of double glove thing, but, but we'd, I, that's just not enough. We'd, we'd have to take our hands out to put them in the double glove thing. That's not going to work. We need something that keeps all of our body heat permanently as a couple shared. Exactly. I mean, we we are each wearing these nice onesies. But what if you had a toozy? <gasps> Introducing the toozy. For when you and your beloved are so cold in the winter, even risking cold hands is too much of a risk. Nowhere for that body heat to go, but to each other. The toozy. It's like a onesie, but it's tied together in the middle. And it's really cute and adorable. Or really weird. I think, it, I think it's cute. Might be weird, but I think it's cute. I think it's cute too. I want one. I want one. I paid 50 pounds for one. <laughs> Not one. A twosie. Buy one this week and get two twosies. <laughs> two, two, two twosies? Two twosies, yes. They come with frilly bit around the middle. <laughs> Coming soon, the threesie for polyamorous throuples. Well. Well. Mm, what have you looked at with your eye places? Um, we looked at a thing together with our eyes. We looked at more She-Ra she this week. I'm really enjoying that She-Ra series. Fuck yes, I'm digging the big gay energy. Oh, oh, there is that, spoiler free, there is that one episode we watched where um characters were in different outfits to what they're normally in. <laughs> And there was that pairing where one was wearing the suit and one was wearing the dress. And oh my god, the lesbian energy. <laughs> the big gay energy. The biggest gay energy. Like, that that was the most quintessentially, like, adorable gay couple. I was like, oh my... That character was made for that suit, oh, though. that suit. Like, they rock that suit so... Well, I think the so thing is, like, hard. they rock that suit so hard. And then the other character really, like, pulls off that dress in a way that you... I sort of led not to expect from the build of the character, and it was really yeah. nice to get to see them have yeah. that dress. Yeah. It was mm, mm, all that gay energy. So much gay energy. I, the more I watch this show, the more I'm just like, I get big gay energy from from half the cast, and like some of the cast I'm just getting really nice trans energy off, and I am living for this. I like that most most of the cast are lady types, femme types. It's nice. Yeah, you've you've got one evil villain that is 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 mask, and you've got one mask member of the uh, yeah. the main party. Oh, so sweet, and and he's not afraid to cry, and not oh. afraid to do anime eyes. Oh, Bo is lovely. Bo, Bo is, is so good. Bo is so good. Bo is so pure. Oh. I want to see more of Kyle. I want to uh, Kyle. Kyle was nice. I, I want to Kyle. Kyle. I feel bad for Kyle. We we don't know what's happening. I to want Kyle. We haven't finished the series. No, yet. I want Kyle to be part of Team Good People. Yeah, I feel like Team uh, Kyle has some good oh. energies. I I'm just really digging like the whole the whole thing for this show, like. We recently had an episode where, like, it looked like everything had failed for the good guys, and, like, everyone was on the, ba at the back foot, and, like, the worst thing that could have happened was happening, and we've seen characters sort of end up in places in the narrative you wouldn't expect them. Indeed, there has been a level of peril, uh, ongoing peril. And just a level of, like, things not going the predictable way. That, no. Like, 
I didn't expect ongoing long-term consequences for, like, bad thing that happened and, like, oh, we we actually don't know how to solve that. And, mm. like, oh, no, th- th- this sad thing that happened had consequences. We didn't just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. It feels... This is, like, good animated kids programming. Mm-hmm. This is, like, mm, you're actually, like, putting some faith in your audience to be able to deal with a complex narrative. Yeah, more of this. Yeah. Uh, what else have you watched this week? Uh, well, something else I put in my eyes, and interestingly, somewhat connected, I read Lumberjanes Volume 9 this week. Oh, yes. It's, it's uh, for those who don't know, it is about a summer camp for hardcore young lady types. And they this in this volume they end up uh, playing roller derby, <gasps> mm, the gayest LGBTist of lady sports. And I I sent you some some a couple of pics from from that sort of go. Oh my god, I'm playing derby. Um, here's what I will say about the sections of it I saw. Um, their concise description of what roller derby is and how it's played is like the best, clearest description of the sport. I have seen in a piece of media ever. Like, they just totally fucking nail what roller derby is. And the page of just, like, derby names was like, oh my god. (laughs) Whoever wrote this page clearly has been on a roller derby team because these puns are like, Mm -hmm. you got the energy of a roller derby team pun so (laughs) spot on that, like, I want to know what the author of that page, I want to know what their roller derby name was because they clearly (laughs) had one. Um, I was I was very into that. I need to read. I need to read the new volume. You do. Uh, I need to find a quiet evening. Um. So, the interesting connection between the two of these is uh, Noelle Stevenson, yeah. uh, who is one of the co-creators of Lumberjanes. Yeah. Who is the uh, you might have seen popping up at the beginning of Shira. Oh, are they uh, yes. the Shira writers? Yes. Creator. Oh. Oh, heck. Well, that's a cool connection. She's the creator, showrunner, and executive producer on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. I now expect... I now expect Roller Derby to show up in (laughs) She-Ra. That's what I want now. (laughs) Yeah, you enjoyed your new volume, did you? It was beautiful, as always. Um, There was also some some nice uh, gender-neutral pronouns in there for a character. Um, It was nice to see more on that story. I'm, I'm, I fucking love Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes. It's so sweet and pure and wholesome. It seems to also just be like really LGBT inclusive, which mm-hmm, is really mm-hmm, nice mm-hmm. for like a a thing that is ostensibly primarily about a same sex cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's queer. Yeah, seems so. <laughs> that would explain the queer energy. <laughs> yeah, the creator, <laughs> the creator of both being queer would explain the queer energy. <laughs> Hooray! All of the gay, all the things. Knowing knowing this makes so much sense (laughs) out of that pair of outfits in in She-Ra. I'm like, oh yeah, no, you didn't create that pair of outfits. (laughs) You met that pair. No, no no straight person creates that pair of female outfits, and I'm so happy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What else have you put in your eyes? Um. Oh, now you're asking. I, I can I can name a thing we've we've Ramp, put Ramp. in our eyes. Yes, uh, Doctor Homestadov. We did. We watched the new Doctor Homestadov, and gosh darn, I'm loving this series. <laughs> this series has not been afraid to just be like SJW lefty as fuck, and I'm so into th- it's. 
Doctor Who for the last several seasons has just played everything really safe and has been like, let's talk about aliens, let's not talk about any real world issues, and it's like, this season has just been like, nope, fuck it, we're gonna talk about real world shit. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna make this season real as fuck. Yeah. I'm very okay with it. Definitely. I'm hype. Uh so so many good performances in this episode. Mm. There there was that interaction at the climax of the episode between the Doctor and antagonist. the antagonist that I thought was one of the better acted back and forths we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was a very interesting sort of subject as well. And yeah. I think one that is, that like... It, it's a, I don't want to do spoilers, but I think it is very much a story of our time. I, I think it's... And the fact that they nearly name-dropped Sports Direct fucking oh killed my god, Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I will say for this, it felt like a very timely, forward-thinking sci-fi story, yeah. in that it was dealing with a topic that, while not necessarily like, this is based in a very futuristic world, but... Give it 5, 10, 15 years, we're probably going to be dealing with these conversations. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw someone try and deal with this problem the way that the antagonist does. Basically, if capitalism isn't dealt with by the time we reach there, we are going to have exactly that We're going to have exactly this happen if we don't... If we don't solve the problem before this, this is going to happen. Yes. And that was like... I... Big props to Doctor Who for continuing to do this this season. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, w- uh, I would almost like to read the comment section. Almost, not very no, actually. I, I, can, <laughs> I, I, I think I rather pr- prefer imagining the comment section. It's yes. beautiful to imagine the comment section. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, the whiny piss babies. Um, and like the preview for next episode about the Salem witch trials. I'm like... Oh, okay, so we're going to continue this season's theme of humans have been and probably will continue to be terrible. Oh, heck. I'm enjoying this season's theme of, like, but the true monsters are not the aliens, it's humans being shits. Yeah. Except that this is the problem, and perhaps we should, you know, rather than running away from that, address these issues. Maybe we should address the fact that that history suggests humans are kind of shit to each other. History is being made as we speak. Yes. Uh, Have you put anything else in your eyes this week? Uh, Yeah, I watched a TEDx talk called Increase Your Self-Awareness in One Simple Fix, which really doesn't sound like a a very me subject. What was the one simple fix? Um, It was basically talking about about self-awareness in general and how, like, they they did a study and found that 95% of the people that think they are self-aware of those... Only about five to ten percent actually are as yeah. as anywhere near as self aware as they think they are, which means that eighty percent of people are lying to themselves. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, and they talked about they then finding the people who were self aware, and this yeah. is sort of where I was quite interesting. Like the people that were most self aware are more depressed. Yeah, and they struggle more. They they have more sort of. All sorts of issues generally, yeah. and they're just not very happy. Yeah, this is the thing. Like when I was going through like therapists in my teen years, I kept being like I was going to see therapists for like major depression going mm. on, and I kept being told, "Oh, you have a you have a really like high level of self insight into your own stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, no, that's why I'm fucking depressed because <laughs> I I am aware of my own shit, and that's terrifying." No, yeah. thank you. Exactly. It's, 
I think that there is a certain degree of the more aware you are, the more that you're just like, oh, everything's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I haven't overlooked it. Oh, shit. Well, the, <laughs> the, the one simple fix, as it turned out from this talk, was that you should, shouldn't really focus on why. Why am I doing badly at this thing? Yeah. Because that is very sort of past focus and leads to negative thinking. Mm. Think more about what. Try and re- it was basically try and replace whys with what's. And I don't know how practical this was would be IRL. It may be worth a try. I don't know. I'm up for most things. But it was a case of like, what can I do differently? What can I change? Yeah. What's... Uh, what needs to happen? Okay. What can be done? And what what was the name of this talk again? It was called Increase Your Self-Awareness with One Simple Fix by Tasha Eurek. I or may Yurich. have to go give this one a watch. It That's sounds, on TEDx Talk. It sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, and I, I really thought from the title, I was like, no, this is self-help bullshit. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't sound too bullshitty. No, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did you put anything else in your eyes? That's all the things I put in my eyes. Well then, time for this. Ooh. Laura, Laura, we've got another sponsor. <gasps> Who's our sponsor this week? This week we are sponsored by Tame Restraints. <gasps> oh, tell me about Tame Restraints. Tame Restraints is for, for you know, for the needs of the mildly kinky. Oh, how... people who aren't like just. Like into like the the most extreme things. People just you know, they might have read some some light erotica or or maybe some online stories, and they thought you know what I think I'll try a bit of the tizy upsy or or maybe even you know something like a vibrator or something. <gasps> oh, a vibrator! How just, very scandalous! Just just simple vibrator. You know, none of these multiple settings. Nothing. It else. doesn't have things that like twirl around. And no, it's, it's move it's, back and forth or ex- nothing. Exactly, and 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 you know, just very simple things. Maybe some nice like Velcro straps. So you yeah. can be tied up, you know, without worrying that, you know, if, if, if something happens, we don't have to worry about losing keys or anything a, like a pa- that. Or... A pair of plastic handcuffs that if you just pulled your hand enough, it's just going to open the thing yeah, anyway. Yeah, just some nice quick release cuffs. Even, yeah. even like, even if they they were the metal ones with the sort of the button on the side that releases you. Yeah. But they also have a key for show. And, and they're sort of nice and, and they're nice and fluffy and they're nice and cushioned for you. So if you are, you know, in that position for a long time, that's not really going to hurt you, you know. Just, yeah. just mild restraints. Just may, tame restraints. May, maybe, maybe like a, a a spanking implement, but it's like it's very cushioned. It's 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 going to make more sound than it is, you know, Absolutely, any actual impact. Yeah. Nice wide wide paddle that's sort of designed more for sound, and it's 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 got a lot of wind resistance, so it's and it's not too heavy, so it's quite difficult to really spank someone. It doesn't have the holes in to to stop all that happening. It's. Uh, yeah, and more of the things like that. And I think it's nice that that people are being catered to in that way. It's you know, a, it's a enjoy kink without having to go too extreme. It, it's a sponsor if you wish to dip your toe into something new. Yeah, you know, you do not you don't feel terribly pressured. Their prices are very reasonable, and you can get a further ten percent <gasps> off. Oh, how do you do that? Uh, you just enter the code Q and P S forty four. And and you will get ten percent off your first order there. The other thing I really like about it is got they've got these um, judgment free forums, so people who you know might not know how how to use certain things can get tips, how they can get the most out of their products, and there's always like people online that are willing to help. The community's uh, sort of encouraged to try and help each other. 
it's 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 a really nice little group there they've they've got over there there's even some nice little demonstrations like some well well designed like tutorials that you everything you could need to sort of learn how to use the products wonderful that's tame restraints i'm excited <laughs> inside the boardroom of electronic active softworks Hello again. Time for another uh, office meeting. Hi, 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 hi. Um, so, so what are we, what are we got on the docket today? Well, we're thinking about uh, doing a special re-release of our, uh, our, our big game. You know, the one that we, uh, we release every six months or so on on another system or on the on the same system. We're going back home to the same system again, and we want to make sure that we've got the uh, the best possible version of our game out there. So, uh, how, how are you thinking of doing this? What are, you, what are you planning on changing in this remaster? Well, you know, I want to improve the graphics and so forth, and uh, you remember that whole thing where if you, you saved a bunch, it completely destroyed the whole game, and, and, and even somehow managed to ruin part of the kernel of your system? Yeah, yeah. We've actually made that problem much, much worse. I ah, mean, brilliant. It's it's a much slower burn, and then even once you've stopped playing it, even if you delete it off the system, it still has this weird leak thing, and it just takes over your whole hard drive and just destroys everything and then deletes your online account. It's, it's quite a thing. We've... We, we, we're told we can't call them viruses, but, uh, I mean, the boys have really put in some work on this. See, this is brilliant, because if you were destroying their console to that level, that means six months from now, when we release the new version of the console that's, you know, got our game's branding on it, like, limited edition console, yeah. they won't have the excuse of, I've still got a console, because, you know, I mean, we destroyed it. We are forward-thinking, if nothing else. You know, we're working out how we can get the most money out of all of our customers all the time. Creating new sales opportunities wherever possible. Absolutely. And of course, weaponizing them against the kind of uh, kind of people that might write reviews about us. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. I mean, have you got anything on the cards there working, you're working on? Nope, nope. That sounds good to me. I think you've blooming absolutely nailed it. Okay, well, I think this has been a successful meeting. I'll uh, see you all next week. And don't forget that uh, we'll be uh, we'll be making sure that even the launcher can delete your entire system. Also, uh, don't touch the console with your bare hands. I uh, I hear that it makes it leak. That that is quite a thing you've achieved there. <laughs> things this week um so i went and listened to some podcasts this week but not ones that had released recently i went back into the archive of podcasts and listened to a bunch of old gaming podcasts from uh, like years gone by um specifically i was picking up old episodes of like one of the first podcasts i got really into which was ign game scoop which is their sort of like weekly news and discussion podcast and I basically was googling the dates of like significant moments in video games and oh. listening to episodes like a week or so before the week of and the week after of a couple of like big gaming events like the one that jumps to mind is uh the Wii like when the Wii launched mm. and getting a feel for like what the critical discussion around those events was at the time they were happening as opposed to how, with hindsight, we might talk about those events today. Yeah. It was a really interesting exercise for me as a writer in just trying to get a sense of how 
how differently does time reflect criticism? Mm. And how much of criticism is things that you just can't really see until you've got some distance? Hmm. Um, it was just an interesting experience. It was interesting to dig back into into that. Yeah. Also, considering these are all episodes that like I listened to when I was like 15, 16, 17, mm. when I was like lying to my parents about where I was going <laughs> to sit alone in pitch black down the beach and listen to gaming podcasts. It was very weird um, deja vu. Yeah. Very weird feeling of deja vu to go back to like a thing that... Episodes that I'd listened to multiple times because I there weren't so many podcasts at that time. That's I, so weird to think about. I, yeah, like in an era before podcasts was so ubiquitous where I was like, I have enough time that I will listen to a podcast episode multiple times. Well, like, the weird thing about... And like the, the main thing that I find really weird with that is like... I don't think any of that is excessively archived for me. Yeah. So I couldn't go back and... I would probably go struggle to go back and find, like, an episode of something like Bad Influence for an yeah. announcement of a new game console or anything that might have been on the radio. Yeah. It's... Like, at least with podcasts, you can sort of generally track back. Yeah, as long as like... they're still going. I'm, I'm lucky with this one that IGN are still going and they're very good at archiving mm. their stuff, which is why I started with them specifically. Yeah. But, like... Game Scoop seemed like it's a very consistent one. It's still archived a long way back, mm. and it covers multi-platform stuff. So it's one podcast I could kind of get a feel for the critical discourse mm. of like most things through. It was it was yeah. an interesting, it was an interesting experience, and I definitely want to pick some more things out to go back and listen around. Mm. Um, it's the same thing I find really interesting about when when I first got into the podcast uh, trends like these. Mm. I went back and listened to like old news episodes okay. to get a feel for like just what what news was happening two and a half years ago. What was what was the news on this week? And just it was interesting. Look how hopeful they were. Uh, it it's interesting hearing relatively minor news played up as a big thing, and then it's like, oh god, if that news happened, if only you knew what was if, happening. If that news happened today, it wouldn't even make your docket. Like it wouldn't it would be even a quiet. Day. It wouldn't even be like one of the the quick tidbits that you try and get out. Like wow. it wouldn't even hit the radar today. Oh, well, that's terrifying. It is terrifying, but it was interesting. It yeah. was an interesting thing. Uh, what have you listened to this week? Um, I had I, I had a, a hankering for something a bit angry, um, so I listened to uh, some Skalmold. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. Tell me about them. Um, they are Icelandic metal band um, who sing exclusively in Icelandic. And it's quite a beautiful language to hear, Metlin. <laughs> Have you Google translations of lyrics yet? <laughs> yeah, it's about fights and wars. It's basically the sagas done as as, uh, as as metal. Angry fights. Angry fights. Angry fights and, and Odin do thing and Loki do a bad thing. Oh, Loki. <laughs> oh, Loki. You're such a trickster. Meanwhile, the heads of my of the slain and so forth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I mean, I've been I've, I've listened to like a lot of their stuff. Uh, a friend of mine who is Icelandic got me into them with a track called Balder. Is this your author friend? My author friend. Who, uh I can't plug a book for at the moment. <laughs> what what are their previous books? That you uh, can the plug? Snorri Christensen wrote the um, Swords of Good Men or the Valhalla Saga. It's three books: the uh, Swords of Good Men. 
Uh, Blood will follow, and I can't remember what one of those three is called, and I think the third one might have been Blood will follow. Anyway, it's about Vikings and the gods and how the gods interfere with humans, and the fight scenes in it are written like like a film. I have no visual imagination, and I go, I can conceptualise like the the speed and motion of this battle. And I find myself reading through the fight scenes just like, <laughs> That is a big compliment coming yeah. from Jane. Uh, yeah, I uh, I devoured those books every time a new one came out. Um, sad there was only three. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good story. And there's like not much magic at the beginning and sort of little hints of things to come. And by the third book, it's like, something big happening. Someone's got like big magical powers. <laughs> The gods are involved, um, and sort of, and he's written an, an, a new book I've talked talk about on here fairly recently called Kin, yeah. um, and in that it was quite interesting to see Odin appear. Obviously not announced as Odin, but I was like, that's Odin! <laughs> it's clearly fucking Odin! Uh, and I'm I'm basically picturing this music you were listening to being like the soundtrack to the fights in this book is how I'm picturing it now. <sighs> Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's got a sort certain sort of um, melodic, um, sort of almost operatic at times, mm-hmm. and then it's just like really, really aggressive metal in an Icelandic accent, which just sounds fantastic for metal. And um, yeah, uh, the album I was listening to is Born Loka, um, mm. which I believe means Children of Loki. Um, and the other one I mentioned previously was was Baldur, which uh, is off. An album of the same name, I believe, and Baldur is an awesome track. What have you listened to? Uh, so I listened to an artist I've not listened to in a few years, um, mm-hmm. an artist called Martin Joseph, who um, I believe is Welsh. Um, the track I'm going to recommend is a track about Wales, which would make some sense of him being Welsh. Um, mm-hmm. Is called Cardiff Bay. And he's just a Welsh guy that sings sort of acoustic guitar tracks that are all quite sort of emotional and um I have my own personal connections to this this music um it was one of the rare points of connection I had with my biological father and it was very interesting coming back to that music a long time after I last listened to it a lot mm. of feelings tied into that but I still think that Cardiff Bay is a Beautiful, touching song. Even if it makes me cry every time I listen to it, mm. makes me do makes me do a sad. But it's like it's a healthy sad. It's a healthy get a cry out every now and then. What about you? What are you putting your ears? I listen to some Orange Aid. Orange Aid. I put Orange Aid in my ears. <laughs> it was all fizzy. <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, Orange A D E because I think his name's Adrian. Yeah. Um, oh, Aid Loggy on on SoundCloud. You can find. All of his EPs on there, um, but definitely go over and, and send spend some money because it's bloody good stuff. Uh, first track on I was listening to was called Swing and Swagger. Yeah, it's this really sort of upbeat um, drum and bass track. It's got a, a nice uh, cheery vocal line in it. It's just good fun. Um, the other track of his I've been listening to is um, Dub Carnival. Yeah, awesome upbeat sort of. Uh, nice, um, like drum and bass style beat in there. It's it's all good music, and it's all available on SoundCloud. So definitely recommend Orange Aid. You got any others? 
Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of others. I'll go through them nice and quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Gerard Wade's got two new tracks. He's, he's oh, been, Hackens, he's, been... he's just slowly sneaking out an album. I, he's not announced an album. He's not announced any tour dates. But he's like, he's started putting music out for the first time really since um, Hazard of Daily and the album came out a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so, the previous one was like, about a month ago we put out the um, Baby You're a Haunted House for Halloween. And now he's got two tracks. One called Into the Cave We Wander and one called Getting Down the Germs. Mm-hmm. Um, Into the Cave We Wander is really interesting audio-wise in that it's got this sort of like very plink, plink um, string instrument sound that mm. the first thing that came to mind was like, um, you know like the, the, the old Magic Roundabout? Introduction had that very sort of like it, it's like that, but it was very plink. It was very sort of like, like plinky like with box. its yeah, it's, it's sort of a music box um kind of sound, mm. and it's a very calm, gentle sort of like wave like vocal over a sort of like music boxy track. It's mm. not what I expect out of him, but it was really enjoyable track. Nice. Um, getting down the germs is much more like. Late eighties, early nineties grunge. Um, it. Uh, what was the track that it had me thinking? There was. There's a specific. Um, there's a specific Nirvana track that it was reminding me a lot of. Um, doing a very silly face there. Sorry. <laughs> like it did me a confuse. Sorry. Um, no, it's all right. No, there was a. There's a specific Nirvana track, and I should have written down which one it was <laughs> that it reminded me of. But it's got that sort of. It's got a very grunge grunge guitar line to it. Mm. Um, imagine if Nirvana had like a bit of distortion placed on the vocal track rather than it being a clean vocal. Okay. And that's the kind of vibe it had. Again, really enjoyed it. Wasn't what I was expecting. Which mm. has been like a thing with Gerard Way's music recently. It's like, I can't predict what genre you're going to put out, but I'm enjoying it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to his drum and bass track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was involved in one once, but we don't talk about that one anymore. No, no. no. Um, anything else you've listened to? That sort of thing. I'll I'll run through my last ones quick then. Um, there's a track called "The Be Good Tanyas." Uh, sorry, there's a band called "The Be Good Tanyas," uh, with a track called "Waiting Around to Die." Um, it's it's not as dark as it necessarily sounds. It's about like getting on and doing things in life that are scary because it's. It's the phrase they use is like it's it's easier than waiting around to die. Um, the the tonal shift I got, like the tonal setup I got from the lyrics, was much more. It's better than waiting around to die. It's it's preferable to waiting around to die is to like don't just like let life happen and then before you know it, it's all gone. Mm. Like Crap something's life. yeah. Sometimes things in life will be scary or they might have negative outcomes, but don't let that stop you doing them. Mm. Don't don't just wait around to die. And I was like, okay, I, I can respect that. It's very, like, sombre. It feels like something that would be, like, you, you'd go past being played, like, in, in like, Mississippi in a, sw- a swamp or something. Like, that That was, like, the visual place I went with it. Mm. It, it has a very, like, American South uh, feel to its vocal line, uh, mm. to its its melody. Um, and the last one is I went back and re-listened to a band called Area Eleven. Ah, not listened I to remember them because they started putting new music out. Um, uh, yeah, I just went back and listened to some of their music. Um, they're a band who their first album was all songs about anime, and they moved away from that with their second album and were just like, we're just gonna actually do music. And it's sort of 
it's rock that sometimes has a lot of that sort of like dance musicy electronic lines nice. in it. Um, I very much enjoy it. Uh, they're doing a tour next year, and I keep looking at it, being like, maybe I go see a rock show. It's been a while since I've seen a rock show. When I was younger and edgier, I used to watch the oh yeah, watch your Yelks cast on on the YouTube, and um, they would often turn up and do music at the Christmas stuff. Yeah, which I always enjoyed. Like they did. I think a lot of the the Yogg's cast Minecraft stuff ended with an Area Eleven track. Um, Air, uh, Heaven Piercing Gigadrill, I think, was like an ending track That's to a lot a of brilliant their... name for a track. Heaven Piercing Gigadrill is a great track name, isn't it? It's it's one of their anime inspired ones. I think it's about uh, Gurren Lagan, which is a a mech anime, but they've got like really. They got big drills on on the the robots' hands. Okay. Um. They they talk about like having a drill that can pierce the heavens, Mechanism. which would be your heaven piercing giga drill. I yes, I suppose it would. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's everything I have listened to. Come on in here, everyone. I want to have a word about this week's uh, headline. I'm very very disappointed. Um. Why 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 are you disappointed? What did we do wrong? Let's look at this story. This story is about this celebrity doing six lines of coke a day. What kind of news story is that? Well, um, that's what we heard. Is six, is it, they did six cocaine. They did six cocaines. You think that's good enough, six cocaines? But you need to make this person really, really just... You just need to turn them over in the news. You need to really ruin them. You want this... You know, you got to create drama. That doesn't sell papers. Six lines of coke doesn't sell papers. Think about the humanitarian aspect. Um, um, what, what's the humanitarian aspect of that headline that's worse than, uh, had six lines of coke? Cocaine is a horribly problematic drug, you know, people, people are dying for it, it's, it's the way it's farmed, there's so many the ethical issues involving cocaine, that, that celebrity is literally punching some, some person in the face, stealing, making children work, funding terrorism with their drugs. Literally. Literally doing that, and you know, there's deforestation, so they're, they're, you know, you heard about the Parmile thing, they're, they're probably, you know, out there just, just, just killing orangutans and stuff like that, too. People, people do care about the environment these days, um, okay, new headline, um, celebrity destroys the rainforest, brackets in very small letters, by doing some drugs. None of the brackets. I want to, you know, I don't want to, it's going to be as bad as possible. Okay, you know, so just, It's just... going to be, it's going to be, uh, wicked, awful celeb, really, really motivate them. Wicked, awful celebrity that deserves to be torn to shreds by the right-thinking, upstanding liberal media, uh, campaigning for, for choice and Brexit and snow and missing Princess Diana and all the other things that we do. <laughs> Writing problematic stories about trans people. So, yeah, this this person did all of that stuff, worse than ever before, and uh, and they, they killed it, punched an orangutan, and they kicked a small child in a foreign country who's farming unethically sourced horrible drugs. Is this the scourge of the, of the country? Continued on page seven. That's gonna sell some papers. Okay, boss. <laughs> But your face looks stupid and your hair's bad. Oh, stop being so mean. Oh, come on, take a joke, take a joke, eh? Introducing the new superhero. Da -da -da -da. It is I. No, you're not joking, you're just being an asshole, man. I swoop in when assholes hear mean or untrue things and then just say it was a joke. 
and points out you're being an ass. You sound like some kind of snowflake. I have enough superpowers to punch your face clean through a wall. Do you want to say that again, or do you want to acknowledge that you are being an arsehole? Oh, come on, it was only a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I may have just punched this man into the sun. Another victory for you weren't joking, you were just being an arsehole, man. (laughs) Question time. Stop the questions. What's your questions? Um, Becky Two here would like to know how do you see yourself? That's a very broad and difficult question. Mm. Uh, mm, do you have an answer for this? You've had longer to mull on this. With my eyes, <laughs> in a mirror, or any reflective surface for that. The back of a spoon. In the back of a spoon. <laughs> Slightly curved and twisted. Um. Uh, where do I see myself? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm old than I look. Probably less happy than I uh, uh, project to other people. I'm quite tall. Um, <laughs> I try to be help. I try to be a force for good in the world. I do writing sometimes. I like to entertain people. I guess I see myself as somebody who tries to make the world a bit better through comedy. Oh. How about you? How about me? Um, someone who works very hard, like possibly to Truth. a fault. Um, I I I work to work for things that shouldn't happen and just aim for them anyway. I like to think that I am a caring person. I like to think that Caring-ta? I that I I like to see myself as someone who gives a lot of myself to try and look after other people and help other people. I would agree with that. And I see myself as someone that often inadvertently upsets people because I'm not great at understanding what's going on sometimes and I'm not always great at reading what I should be doing or when it's my turn to do a thing and, and I see myself as someone that tries but sometimes is just not quite in step with the rest of the world. Social things can be hard. Yeah, I I apologise to the world for the fact that I don't always mesh. I don't apologise to the world for the fact that I don't always mesh. I apologise to some of the individuals within it sometimes, but to the world at large, this may. Okay. <laughs> I try not to be an ass about it, but this may. <laughs> what other questions have we got? Uh... Space Cody demands to know what your dream quiche filling is. Um, none. Quiche is sort of cheesy eggy thing, isn't it? It is a cheesy eggy cheesy thing. eggy pastry thing. That sounds the worst. I like the pastry. Um, <laughs> I guess if I could find a way to make a vegan one, I like like onions and peppers and um, I can't remember. It's been a bloody long time since I ate a quiche. I do remember liking them though, as long as the bottom wasn't soggy. I don't like a soggy bottom. <laughs> uh, the Wonder Goma. We'd like to know what is the best name you can think of for a shiny cloister in Pokemon. For reference, shiny cloister is blue. Um, it's a blue clam. That's that's tough. Um, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you where my brain went, and don't judge me for this. I went blue, blue clam. What's a synonym for clam? What's a synonym for that synonym? I got to blue waffle. That's where my brain ended up. I was like, clam is a is a genital euphemism, and then blue, and that, don't judge me. That's where my brain went, and I can't think of anything else now, because my brain went there. Yay! 
Uh, my cloister, not shiny, is called Punkanoo. Because I oh. went to the same place that you did too. But I thought it looked more punk. So it's called uh, Punkanoo. Um, tricky. So I guess Blue Punkanoo would work. That works. Blue Punkanoo. Uh, tricky would like to know... Um, what are your thoughts and feelings on self-deprecation in comedy? Um, I can't knock it because I do a lot of self-deprecating humour because sometimes you gotta laugh at your own shit because, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that a certain degree of self-deprecation can be funny. I think it can get awkward if you self-deprecate too often with the same people. It can become uncomfortable because people might not know mm. wh whether it's appropriate to laugh along or not. True. Um, uh, it can be a great one to sort of randomly throw out. And it doesn't even have to be like... Like, particularly heavy self-deprecation. It can be just like a one-off comment acknowledging one of your own failures. Yeah. And that can get a huge laugh. Well, that's, that's it. It's balancing it, isn't it? It's doing that without going, Oh, God, are you okay? It's, yeah. Your life sounds awful. No, I'm terribly sorry. You don't want to do it so often that people worry that it's a thing that's causing you serious trauma and upset. Exactly. Um, and I often used to scare audiences. I had people just going... I don't know if it's okay to laugh because you were saying all these horrible things like, yeah, I mean, I'm laughing about it and I'm here to tell you about it. I didn't come for therapy. <laughs> I just thought this fun story was funny because, you know, things happened. <laughs> and other people are just like, no, your life is horrifying. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, Max Riley would like to know, what is your preferred milk substitute? Uh, we do a lot of soy milk, don't we? I like a sweet and soy. Um, I that that one works for me. I uh, also like oat milk. It's really nice. Um, it can be a bit heavy though. Hazelnut's probably the heaviest, but it's great in a latte. Mm -hmm. I've, soy is the only one I really know very well, and it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Mm, yeah, I like I'll enjoy it. it. I'll enjoy it with a nice uh, cookie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Peanut, butter peanut butter cookie recipe can be found in the vegan recipe section on stonemakerradio.blog Indeed it can uh, Sofren Hi Sofren Hi uh, Lastly and for Oh hang on I need to read these in the opposite order <laughs> uh, If you were a candy what would kind would you be? Um, I like to think I'd be like a some kind of squishy one Maybe I'd be a marshmallow Aww. I like to be a marshmallow. Oh, I do a squishy. Just soft and sweet, and, and you are soft a little and soft sweet. and sweet and cute. And just, oh yeah, yeah. Can confirm you are soft and sweet and cute. <laughs> you are already marshmallow. Oh, I'll keep you away from the hot chocolate for fear that you will melt away. <laughs> what kind? Lower of... her into the vat of hot chocolate. <laughs> no. What kind are you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Something big and squishy. Um, a big marshmallow. <laughs> a big one. One of those giant marshmallows. I'm a mini marshmallow. Getting toasted. I'm a mini marshmallow. You're a big marshmallow. A big toasted marshmallow that the skin's starting to fall off of. <laughs> but in a sloppy way rather than a dry, scabby way. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, why are pets afraid of pineapples? Um, maybe the same reason I'm afraid of them. It's too many textures. Uh, lastly, and for 500 points, see, I got there in the end. Um, and the chance to win a brand new car. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. 
Uh, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Uh, being English, I don't know what a Klondike bar is, so I don't know what I would do, do you for one. Do want to Google it? Okay. I'm, I'm doing a Google as we speak um, on it. Googling, Googling, Googling. Do you know anything about a Klondike bar? I think it's chocolate. Well, I know it's a chocolate bar of some kind. Um, Possibly nougat somewhere, maybe some nuts. Yeah, I know that what would you do for a Klondike bar is like the tagline for the... What would the... you do for Klondike okay. bar? Um, it's an ice cream novelty is consisting it? of a square of vanilla ice cream coated with a thin layer of chocolate. Ah, that is oh, is not it what I Oh, is it basically a chalk ice? What? Let me, let me double look, like have another look. I'm guessing this is basically just a name for a chalk... That's a, that's a square chalk ice. Ah, uh, oh, those ones look good. With all the different bits stuck to them, it's a chalk ice. I'll piss all. I have like. I thought no. it was. I thought it was like a. You know, like a. I. I was picturing like a lion bar. Piss all. Or, fetch me a cornetto. Or I was picturing a double decker. That's what I was picturing. Um, I was thinking more something in the region of a. I. I thought it was something a bit like a, a Snickers, but yeah, no, a chalk ice. A chalk ice. Like, it's pretty low down the rung of like things I would like go out of my way for. Yeah. If you handed me one after dinner, I'd go, oh yeah, that's lovely, and I would enjoy it. But I'm never gonna queue up for 25 minutes at the ice cream, uh, the ice cream truck at a convention because I really want a, a chalk ice. Yeah, I wouldn't queue up for one. I and if I wouldn't queue up for one, I, I wouldn't I necessarily wouldn't, do much else for it. I either. would not queue up for a Klondike bar. <laughs> What would you do for a Klondike bar? I suppose if I happened to be in the supermarket already and it was near the ice cream and they were there and they were on sale, I guess I'd pay for a Klondike bar. Uh, if it was one of those fancy looking ones we saw in that image when we were Google searching. Yeah, if I had well, Oreo stuck if to it, I had and Oreos, it was vegan. If it was Oreo crumbed but vegan, maybe. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, uh, Ian Burnham would like to know Mecha tendrils or fleshy tendrils? Ooh, uh, hmm. You're the expert here. What's your answer? Fleshy. They need to be warm for uses. <laughs> I feel like the mecha answer is more for like, do you want to be a supervillain climbing up the outside of buildings? That's what you answer yes to mecha tentacles for. I want them to be warm. <laughs> this is the same reason I didn't. I I didn't vote for it. Yeah, I I ice, ice cream tentacles. Yeah. How how about this? You take the fleshy ones. I'll take the mecha ones, and together we shall rule the world. <laughs> I might be a bit busy. <laughs> okay, you you enjoy yourself. I'll go rule the world for us. Yeah, I'll be along shortly. <laughs> well, the questions and we go to the other place where I asked. Oh, the other place. I asked in so many places today. Uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know: What do you call a cute piece of wood or metal that can be used as a barrier to a room? I don't know. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, with the holiday season approaching us, what is the best gift that you have given? Ooh, best gift I have given. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, do you have an answer for this? Um, I think that um, Zentangle thing I made for you. Oh, that was wonderful. I put a lot of effort into that, and I think that that is... I think having made something personally was, I think that was certainly the most satisfying gift I've given. Like I, I felt like it, it meant more than something that I'd bought from a shop. Yeah. Um. Uh. I 
there's only one that's jumping to mind for me, and I feel bad that it's not one I've done for you. This is when I had far more time in my life, and I've told, I've mentioned this oh, to you before. Oh, I know this. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so this was when I was like in my teens, and I had nothing but free time, and like, and a printer, and a printer. I made uh for a friend who was in my band. That I was in a band in my teen years. Um, it was epic. Yeah, I made one of my bandmates a uh, paper craft. Um. Pretty huge model, like very detailed model of fierce deity Link from Majora's nice. Mask, because I wanted to make I wanted to make people Christmas things, and I had all of the time but none of the money. And yeah, I I made a few paper craft things for people, but that's the one I remember was this really intricate fierce deity that I made. I've never done a paper craft. I think it would be fun. I think I, th- I think it'd be the kind of thing you'd dig. Hmm. Um, yeah. What other questions have we got? Well, I will answer that. Gabor Gabor Sipilevsky would like to know what theme songs would you give each other? Ooh. Have you got an answer for me? Not off the top of my head, no. No. Just for thematic reasons, I'm going to give you as your theme tune um, the 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 uh, the 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 primary piece of music from Day of the Tentacle. I can see you capering along to that, but just in my mind you're capering along because there is a tentacle that you're trying to catch up with. You're just going after the tentacle to the music. <laughs> did you enjoy that answer? <laughs> I did enjoy that answer. Now I'm thinking more of sort of just jingly things. Um, hmm. Yeah. I think I would give you the Crafty Cuts mix of Feel Like Jumping, <laughs> which is a really upbeat drum and bass track about, like, just joie de vivre. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that after we finish recording. Hmm, It's a lovely track. I've mentioned it on here before. I'm a big fan. When when we finish recording, can you remind me to listen to that? Okay, I'll do the thing. Yay! Um, Lucy Nevins, we've done. We've done Lucy Nevins. Uh, That's everyone. (gasps) Well then. Do you know what I want to see more of? Social, social justice, social justice warriors! Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? I'm oh, not too bad, mate. Yeah, you, you've been up too much this week? Oh, I've been, I've been alright this week. Of, uh, I, I've been looking at the internet more than I probably should do, as is, as is the way, and seen a bit more stuff that is going on in the world that is not great. No. Nah. Uh, shall I tell you about my thing this week? My, my thing I saw this week was a lot of uh, a lot of people talking over the agency of uh, people on the autism spectrum, oh. which is a bit of a bit of a sucky thing. Um, I don't understand why they insist on infantilising tri- uh, the autistic people. Yeah, the example I was seeing is a bunch of uh, those anti-trans people who oh. uh, they're finally picking up on on a thing that we're getting is getting talked about a bit more often these days. The fact that there's a bit of a you know a, a statistical link between autistic spectrum stuff and trans stuff, and the the argument that was being made was uh, a, a, a significant number of trans people are autistic, so we can't trust them to say that they're trans because they're autistic. We can't trust them. They'll, they'll be 
misled and, and, and ill-informed and, and manipulated into being trans because they're autistic. And Oh, is this from the shadowy trans cabal oh, again? Oh, the, the rich shadowy trans cabal with all the power. But, I really start, hope they start paying for people's surgery if oh, they're that rich and, oh, and shadowy I know. But, cabal-like. But like, the point I wanted to bring up was like this, this idea that uh, you know people on the autism spectrum you know aren't fit to make their own choices about who they are and what they feel. It's it's infantilizing is, is a word you use. It's a yeah. great word for this. It's this trying to strip away of agency from people for a condition that they have. And like you know, I know plenty of people on the autism spectrum who know know perfectly well who they are. Who've you know made choices about their own agency and have been happier for them. It's it's a thing that like I I know a trans woman who had a good sort of five six years trying to go through the uh, gender clinic system. And they got the same thing, where, like, any time someone in the gender system saw that they had an autistic spectrum condition, they were like, hmm, okay, we've got, we got to do twice as many meetings with you, we've got to take longer, we've got, we got to make sure that you're not being coerced. And I understand, like, the thinking, the thinking, you know, is it better to be safe than sorry, but a lot of times you're taking people who fully well know, like, you know, a person with an autistic spectrum condition might just struggle with sensory processing and social cues doesn't mean that they don't know for themselves what makes them feel better feel worse what are positive and negative for them who they are who they are yeah like none of those are directly connected to sensory processing issues yeah but this idea that oh you struggle with these things therefore you can't know what you want or who you are yeah it's it's it is just infantilizing. It's 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 kind of ridiculous. You can't be trusted to know yourself in any way, and I I, I understand that their that their whole thing for forever since the clinics were set up was that you know we need to make sure that people are absolutely sure that f- for no other reason that that they're not being pushed into these things. But the way they treat autistic people. And the way then that is picked up by absolute scumbags. Yeah. But it's also like, it's a problem for autistic people as a whole. Like, they are very yeah. often just like, no, you, you, you can't make a decision in this way or that way. It's like, well, they, these, anybody can. Indeed. And like, you know, it, it's ludicrous that like, there are so many places in the world where autistic people I'll not stop from having agency. Like you, as a as a person on the autism spectrum, you can go get a full face tattoo. No one's going to stop you. Yeah. But you know, decide to go. I wanna. I wanna do this thing to to be happier in myself. It's like mm, no, you can't decide that for yourself. That's uh, very much the whole being trans as a whole again, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Exactly. You can't decide that for yourself. You you could buy enough alcohol to put yourself in a hole. Very easily. You could fill a swimming pool with booze and dive into it if you had the money, but you can't be trusted to, to you know, say that you're trans. And that is particularly bad for autistic people. Yeah. And when shitty people pick up on it and, you know, are then using that to attack the youth. Oh, yeah, no, because that's the thing. It starts off in, like, you know, you start with concerned, like, actually concerned parents doing it. You start with, you know, doctors doing it. And pretty soon it becomes weaponized. It's like, well, we've got to stop all discussion of trans people anywhere because what if, what if it, it, it affects, if it forces the the autistic kids to 
to to think it's trendy. And it's like no, you know, no one, no one decides that they're you know that being trans is going to be trendy. Like that's just not a thing. No, I mean, like there are some successful, you know, happy trans people out there, but even they face a constant barrage of shit every day. Yeah, you know, it's it's not good for anyone. No one is having a good time because they're trans. No, no one is getting misled into thinking they're trans because it would be cool to be trans. Like, and that includes autistic people. Are not being it's it's not this widespread problem that autistic people are like. I don't know, maybe I am. No, it's just not a thing, really. It's just not good enough. You know, they, they, we need to do more. We need to stop treating autistic people like idiots. We need to stop treating trans people like they can't be trusted. Yeah. There will always be problems in any group, but on the week that we've celebrated Transgender Day of Remembrance, can we not, you know, demonise people anymore? Yeah. Can we just let autistic people say that they know who they are on a fundamental level? Yeah. Should we have that hug? Yeah. I, I know that I need that on a fundamental level. Same. Ugh. Ugh. Just let all that attention out your out your shoulders. Uh, I'm not sure I know how to do that. Oh, I needed that. Always. It's always, yeah. Oh, good, good chat, good chat. Always, you know, I, I feel like we've got more than that. <laughs> I feel like so. Should How we... about over a nice cup of tea? Oh, yeah, pop the kettle on. Yeah. Laura! Yes? Where can we find your on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, about 5.30pm on weekdays, I'm trying to do, like, uh, maybe an hour-long uh, Pokemon streams every every few days. So like Sometimes look... I come and say hi. Indeed. So if you're around at, like, 5.30pm UK on a weekday, keep an eye open. I might be doing a, a Pokemon stream where I just try and catch a shiny and continue my quest. Mm. Um, I also have a book. Um, things I learned from Mario's butt. It's available on Unbound right now. You can get a hardback, a signed hardback, uh, an ebook, an audio book, bundles of those things. You can pay me to write about a very specific butt that you want reviewed. Um, There's prints and caps and all sorts. all sorts of things. Other than that, Monday to Friday, nine to five. I'm on Kotaku.co.uk. I'm on Dice Funk, which is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, and five of that. I think that's about it. What about you? I can be found on stonemonkeyradio.blog where I write things occasionally and sometimes they're funny and people like them hopefully and if you do, awesome. Um, also I am on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I'm on soundcloud.com as Jane Eris Magnet where you might be listening to this now. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for your questions, and thank you everyone for listening, and I super appreciate it, and if you ever feel like throwing me some money, the pinned post on my Twitter will tell you how to do so, because it's, it's expensive hosting podcasts. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. and I hadn't realised when I started, I was like, oh, it won't be too bad. I'm like, eh. We, we, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> do the thing. You don't have to. And I wouldn't think any of, less, any of you less for doing so. And I, 
won't be shouting out the people who have, and people have, which has been very nice, because I don't want anyone to feel that they are not part of some fictional elite by not having done so. You will very much appreciate it as a listener, whatever, and I do things on twitch.tv slash chaniac, usually on a Thursday at around 1930 hours in the UK. Wonderful. And until next time, be a stranger. (laughs) 